Got something you're grinding on? You're listening to The Grind. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome in to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening here on WKVL Radio. Again, your source for sports here in Blunt County. If you tuned in yesterday, didn't get The Grind, or got a throwback, uh, that's because I was calling a little Rebel basketball. Lady Rebels and Rebels took on the Beard and Bulldogs. Came up a little bit on uh, on on the short end of it, but nonetheless battled hard and uh, proved to be why uh, both those programs have some promise moving forward. Excited. Uh, about that but excited to be back in here uh, again the Wednesday edition of the grind the hump day edition excuse me <clears throat> is always fun and uh, a lot to be had a lot to talk about as uh, you know there's there's rumors out there of a Vandy scratch this weekend we'll kind of dive into that a little bit uh, there's Ohio State and Michigan the cancellation the impact the uh, the Big Ten impact if there is one and we'll uh, we'll talk about does that set them up a little clearer in the Big Ten picture, you know, I think that's a that's a dynamic that a lot of people have not uh, spun. It's all about them not being in the Big Ten championship. But uh, again, that's a rule for the Big Ten. But there is no such rule for the college football playoff. Currently, Ohio State sits in a pretty uh, I'll call it the catbird seat uh, in the Big Ten as they uh, they have an opportunity uh, just outside at the at the top five position uh, for them to be. Um, a beneficiary, I guess, of some carnage there on championship weekend. So all of that being said, uh, that's an interesting topic to talk about. And then also, uh, again, a lot of lot of, of uh, Mr. Football finalists and winners now have been announced for the TSSAA year of 2020. And uh, a lot of local flair, including Blunt County's own uh, uh, Gray Carroll. Gray Carroll, the 3A Mr. Football winner. Uh, again, a finalist a year ago, a winner uh, there announced yesterday. But the single-A winner, Hunter Frame from South Pittsburgh. Uh, Class 2A, Kalik uh, Ganaway from Peabody. Class 3A, Gray Carroll uh, from Blunt County's own Alcoa Tornadoes. Uh, cl- Class 4A, Troy Parker Hughes, uh, Elizabethan. Uh, Class 5A is Prince Collie, uh, Davy Crockett. And Class 6A is C.J. Taylor from Warren County. Uh, if you look at the Division II classes, again, the private schools, Griffin Sweeney, uh, Davidson Academy, Class AA Division II, Dietrich Pennington, ECS, Class AAA Division II, Dalen Hayden from Christian Brothers High School, and then the kicker of the year, Tegan Linderick uh, from Brentwood Academy. So, again, congratulations to all of those. As it's really, uh, you, you know, I, I know winning Mr. Football in any year is probably a pretty cool take, right? Uh, you know, you're excited. It's it's a it's a it's a great accolade for your school. It's a great accolade for yourself. It, it shows a year of of great work. But when I looked at this, I went, "But they won it in 2020." 
I feel like that trophy should have been a little bit bigger. Of course, uh, the Titans do it at Nissan Stadium. Uh, they give you Titans jerseys, got the the 20 on it, and it, it's, of course, got your name on it with the Mr. Football Award, the whole deal. Um, Tennessee's best high school footballs and football players in 2020 were recognized there, uh, hosted at the Tennessee Titans facility. Uh, but uh, due to COVID-19 pandemic, few people – were permitted to attend. So again, it just it just speaks to that dynamic and how this year's different. But it's it's different in a way that uh, should be rewarded and should be uh, kind of heralded all its own. It says this is such an outstanding honor for all thirty of the young young men recognized today as the Mister Football Award finalists. Said Bernard Childress. Uh, he said there were they were here not only due to their athletic ability that displayed on the football field throughout the season, but just as much for their outstanding character and achievement academically. Uh, High school head coaches and members of the media nominate the finalists. A committee of statewide sports writers select the winners based on performance in the 2020 regular season. Academics and character are also into consideration. If you look at the award, we're presented to the top football players in each of the nine classifications. The top kicker in the state also recognized three finalists in each category, um, three finalists in kicker regardless of classification. Uh, the Titans became the sponsor of the Mr. Football Award there in 27, 20, 2007 and have, uh, have been a great sponsor uh, nonetheless uh, from there on out. Uh, but excited about Greg Carroll and what he brought to brought back to Blount County. Greg Carroll is a, uh, I mean, he's a testament. If you if you really want to say that, he's a guy that goes to work every day. You talk, I talk to uh, to Marty Millsaps, Heath Dunkel each and every week, and 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 they're really, uh, you know, they're gray fans. And and the the couple times I've been able to see him in his career, really at at a very uh, fever pitch kind of moment against the the Red Rebels. Uh, this cat rises to the top. I mean, he they talk about cream rises to the top. Well, Gary Carroll is definitely uh, in that echelon. He, 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 Like I said, he works every day. He's always looking to perfect his craft. Uh, I mean, even in year-to-year progression, uh, this kid's off the charts. Uh, it's exciting to see uh, what he's going to be able to do at the next level as he, he is going to play at the next level. And, and I'm just uh, – I think whoever takes – Whoever has Gray Carroll on their football team is a better football team uh, for that. But, uh, you, you know, I, I'm just – I look at this, and, and 2020, what he's, uh, what he's been able to do uh, is, just, is just remarkable. He's a, he's a commitment to Georgia Tech at the moment, and I like uh, what the rambling wreck gets in Mr. Gray Carol, but uh, you know, let's uh, let's take us our first break of the day. Try to tune this thing up. When we come back, we're going to dig into this Ohio State Michigan cancellation, the impact of both squads, and the big impact to the college football playoff. We'll talk about it on the flip side of the break. You're listening to the Grind 100.9 FM, 8:50 a.m. and streaming at wkvl.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. 
is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust. Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill. Located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 
Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blunt County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at whitlockcpa.com. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865 865- 389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use common sense. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online thegrindonsports.com that's thegrindonsports.com we don't always promise to be perfect but we promise to give you our honest opinion This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside, or all by myself, as we uh, as we grind it out. I'm used to saying the same thing, so uh, got a little twisted there. Uh, but uh, a little breaking news, if you will, just, just uh, dropped earlier today. The Big Ten officially uh, was going to have to do the unthinkable and cut Ohio State out of the Big Ten championship game. Uh, given the uh, the parameters that they had set to this 2020 restart and 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 all the things uh, that has been what qualifies you to play in that game, well, it was a minimum of six games. Must play six games to be eligible for the conference championship. Undefeated Ohio State, number four in the in the country, uh, was going to be left out of the ball. It was going to be helpful for other teams, but not for the the darling of the Big Ten in Ohio State, but the conference uh, has made a policy shift uh, as as 
They have lifted the six-game minimum uh, for the championship game, making Ohio State eligible and that they can play for the Big Ten Championship on December the 19th against Northwestern. Uh, The conference made the announcement Wednesday after they had a meeting with the Administrative Council made up of ADs and senior women administrators voted to eliminate the minimum game requirement in collaboration with the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors. Uh, The Buckeyes' place in the postseason became a question Tuesday when Michigan canceled its regular season rivalry game because of COVID-19 issues with the Wolverine program. It was the third canceled game for Ohio State, 5-0 this season, after others against Illinois and Maryland had also been canceled. Uh, The decision was based on a competitive analysis, which determined that Ohio State would have advanced to the Big Ten football championship game based on its undefeated record and head-to-head victory over Indiana, regardless of a win or loss against Michigan. The conference said the Big Ten's athletic directors met early Wednesday morning and supported uh, allowing the Buckeyes in the conference championship with only five games. Multiple sources told ESPN the meeting was collaborative and said there was a consensus that a sixth game would not change the Big Ten East Division standings. If Ohio State found another opponent to replace Michigan, the Buckeyes would still win the East, win or lose. Uh, Northwestern at 5-1 and one will represent the West Division in the title game, and ultimately that's, um, that's that. You, you know, it goes back to the old thing, and, and you know, if you're, if you're a Big Ten fan, it's probably going to be a few minutes you're not interested in. But here's the deal, and, and this just shows you the Big Ten uh, in its in – it, I would say in its entirety, but it's, it's a short book. It's a magazine at best, probably a pamphlet if, you, if you're trying to say how deep the Big Ten is. Uh, but it, it, it draws the question, if the shoe was on the other foot and it was Michigan or Northwestern, Northwestern 5-1, and one, Michigan 4-1, and one, who do you think they were going to select? Or, or let's, let's flip script. Uh, Northwestern's 4-0, and 5-0. Oh, oh. Let's just go 5-0. and oh. Uh, and and Michigan is five and one, which again, looking at the Harbaugh era, it'd be tough to to sell that one. But if it was a four or five and one uh, Michigan team and a five and zero oh Northwestern team, people might think I'm wrong, but they would have never changed that six game minimum. It would have been Michigan Ohio State for the championship. And again, I, the division alignment, I'm not even sure that's possible, but I, I just throw names out there because, again, that's what I'm talking about. <coughs> Excuse me. That's what I'm trying to explain. If this wasn't Ohio State, this wouldn't happen. I'm just I'm just putting that out clear-cut and honest. Uh, Ohio State is the darling of the Big Ten, and maybe they should be. Again, they're the bell cow. They're the moneymaker. They're the whatever you know adjective you want to use to, to say – they're here, and everybody else is here. If this was Minnesota, it wouldn't happen. If this was even Wisconsin, I don't think this happens. But if it's Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, it's probably about it. If it's one of those three schools, opportunities to shift can and will happen. Uh, but, you know, it, it's like everything else. Uh, as you shift around, uh, you get opportunities if you're successful. And Ohio State has definitely done that. But maybe I've picked a little interest. The phone lines light up. Let's jump to the phone lines. 
Hey, you're on the grind. Hey, it's Carson. What's up, man? How's it going? Well, I'm on a soapbox a little bit about Ohio State, but yep. uh, what's new, right? Yeah, a lot of soapboxes to be on. Well, I tell you, uh, I'm going. I don't know how much you caught of this call, but uh, or of this this little segment, but. What I'm trying to drive home is is 5-0 and Ohio State. I'm not saying that they're not a good football team. I'm not saying that Justin Fields isn't electric. I'm not saying that they're not deserving to go to the Big Ten championship game. Right. But with all that being said, if the shoe was on the other foot and Northwestern was 5-0 and with an opportunity, to, if, if this, this would lift, they could go play for a championship, but you had a – you know, a Penn State, a Michigan, a Nebraska, what have you? That was that was five and one. They met the uh, the criteria uh, of the six game minimum. I don't think they make the shift for Northwestern because they're undefeated. I don't either. I think that it's been like that for a while. I mean, you look at Notre Dame in the past years, and they have no schedule. And this year, it's the first time they actually had to play ACC teams. And don't get me wrong, that they had a good team here in the past, but they always get dominated in the first you know round of the playoff bracket to either Clemson, Alabama, whoever they play, because they're always a four seed because they're undefeated or they lost one game because they haven't played anybody. But you look at Ohio State, and yeah, I agree. I think they made that jump for Ohio State. But I, like you said, you look at Northwestern or like any team, you know, like them, like say Iowa State. Yeah, Minnesota example, State. or something like that. Yeah, Iowa State right now only only lost two games. I mean, they, they still are put on the, the number eight, I think, in the country or number seven in the country right now. And I don't think they'd make a jump for them. So I, I agree with you on that. And uh, I think that's just, I mean, that's, sadly, that's just how it works. Well, and, and again, you know, Squeaky Wheel gets the grease. I mean, that's yes. that's a thing. And in Ohio State, you know, they have a huge alumni base. Uh, they they have a huge fan base, and uh, ultimately, it uh, it sells tickets. Because honestly, right. the you know what the alternative was, it was an Indiana Northwestern Big Ten Championship, which in my yeah. opinion, I'm for. I like that that lineup just because as a Tennessee fan, when you talk about clinging to a positive. I'm all about it because I can look and say, listen, see this Big Ten championship opponent here? Tennessee beat them in a bowl game. That just speaks to how, how down the uh, the Big Ten is. But anyway, that that's just because I'm sour on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that, though. I've always looked at it that way. And, it's and, sadly, and, it seems like it's the same teams in the playoffs any, any, anyways. And again, I, I'm just I'm sitting here and I'm like, what would happen if that was in the SEC? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just yeah. say, um, yeah. you know, Florida had their their run-ins with COVID. They had their their delays, their their what have you, and they had to get some games rescheduled, what have you. But what what if what if it came up and it said, you know what? Which both these programs, it's a little different dynamic because they're both they have a great following. I'm gonna go real off the reservation, okay? Let's just say South Carolina. South Carolina's leading. The SEC East, I know, shocker, right? Uh, but they're sitting there, and the SEC has some requirement that you know you got to play, you got to play six games to be able to to qualify. And, right. And, and and all of a sudden, South Carolina has five. They're five and zero, oh, but they they only have five. And uh, a Georgia, a Florida, a Tennessee uh, is you know even even like a four and two. 
Do you think they make the jump for them? I, if anything, I don't know. I just I don't see. I think the South would burn down. Honestly, this the SEC too. would burn down before that happened. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it just uh, it just works that way, and it's sad as sad as it is. It 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 just sadly it, you'll never see you know a different teams like that hardly ever. And I I try to I try to go back to the Alabama and Missouri when Missouri had that great year, the first year, second year in the East. I can't remember what year exactly, but you know when Missouri was in there, a lot of it caught a lot of eyes. You know, like can this Missouri team compete with Alabama? And ultimately, Alabama stomped them, but. You just really don't see a lot of those teams, uh, newer teams, in any sort of championship or anything. It seems like that every year, or well, even an opportunity to get there. Well, and I mean, you've you've seen this in basketball before: Duke's, North Carolina's, Kentucky's in basketball. Uh, they're they're going to get the love. They're going to get the the whistle. They're going to get a right. lot of different things. And Ohio State's that in 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 football. And, and I think between Urban Meyer, between all the disdain that has been between Big Ten and SEC fans over the, the last few years, uh, I think it just adds to that mantra because you're looking and you're like, there again, Ohio State gets a pedestal that nobody else does. Notre Dame gets a pedestal that nobody else does. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess if they if they like it, that's all that matters, right? But uh, we don't have yeah. to like it. I know. they. We don't have to, but – yeah, uh, sadly, it seems like that every year. Like you said, Duke and North Carolina, those teams, Michigan State, always down there in the finals. And then you go to football, it's always Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. And sadly, Notre Dame, I mean, I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying, I, I like to talk about Notre Dame a lot because they're an independent and they're ACC and basketball. But, you know, you look at football and they, they could have been, you know, they could be ACC. But it it just kind of you kind of look at it and you're like, well, they're gonna get beat. So you try to look at it. Maybe they could put another team in there that could put a better chance on a one seed. So how much do, do you that, so. how much do you believe that that honestly college football playoff bias, uh, a lot of that dynamic? How much do you think this played into the uh, uh, what they're calling a collaborative meeting? How much do you think the the dollar figure played in uh, to to making this rule change? Because ultimately, it's egg on their face. They set this rule up to protect teams like Ohio State, Michigan, and, and such that you had to play this number of games. Because I think they understood the dynamic that you could you you could respectively get ready for a big game, beat the the front runner, and say, "Hey, I'm undefeated. I've only played three games, but I'm undefeated." So they put this rule in there to protect the blue bloods, honestly. And then when one of the blue bloods became the the victim of their own rule, it was quickly changed. I mean, we're not talking like long term. Like they canceled the 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 Michigan game like yesterday night, and by noon today, it was done over with. Yeah, and I I think it. I think I mean I agree with you. I think it. They really had when they made that decision. They had Ohio State in mind. They had teams like you know, like I've said, the teams that always get in the playoffs in mind, especially from the Big Ten. And that that money symbol is definitely what you know draws them to make decisions like that, and it always does. So with that big of a decision like that, it just kind of looks at it. You're like, well, who did that really favor? And it favored Ohio State. Yeah, shocker, right? Yeah. But uh, but but Carson, uh, I don't know what kind of timeline you got, but uh, you want to stick I with got us. All time. 
You want to stick with us, talk a little big orange on the flip side? Yeah, I, I got I got all the time you need. All right, man. Well, we're going to talk about the rumor that Vandy could scratch this weekend. What could that do for Tennessee? What could that do for, for Jeremy Pruitt? And uh, ultimately, uh, what could that look like? How could they recoup uh, what needs to be a good-feeling weekend uh, for the Volunteers? We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maribel. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use Common Sense. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill. Located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blunt County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire 
inquire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct, 321-6845, or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and on the phone line, Carson Crouch, as we grind it out here on the Wednesday Hump Day edition of the grind Carson uh, kind of alluded to it as we went to the break Vandy canceled the game against Georgia a week ago now there's conflicting reports saying that there uh, there could be multiple reasons behind their cancellation uh, but uh, the impact to Tennessee is do they get to play this weekend yeah and that's been the question almost all season for a lot of teams is, is there going to be games played why is there not games played why is there cancellations and it's honestly getting to the point where it's starting to tick people off. I mean, in the NFL, you have a lot of teams that, you know, they, they're anticipated to play practice all week. That's just the same for every other sport that's been able to, or that's been able to play during this outbreak. And ultimately, it, it just looks at it and it's just really upsetting for all these players. And then when Vandy, you know, like you said, they, they came out or they said that, you know, there was reasons they had to cancel. Maybe we won't even get to play. It's just upsetting to hear, and you know you just have to expect that now. But it's just kind of, kind of wondering why, you know. So, so the cancellation conf- conflicting reasons were one, uh, it was COVID. Uh, again, that was right. from Brett McMurphy or Brett Murphy. I'm sorry, from from Stadium, uh, and then Vanderbilt uh, said uh, via Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger uh, that Vanderbilt was unable to meet roster requirements. Again, those could be relatively uh, linked. There have been reports that since Derek Mason's firing, some Vandy players have considered opting out the rest of the season. Uh, Dellinger followed up with his initial report. Uh, the reason Vanderbilt couldn't meet roster requirements was due to COVID, injuries, and opt-outs. Although the initial reports were conflicting, it seems like both were somewhat kind of in you know fact-based uh, kind of right. in- interview. But uh, Vanderbilt's interim head coach, Todd Fitch, 
uh, has quite the situation on his hands with the regular season so close to an end. I'm sure that that's what people within Vandy's athletic department wants is for the season to just get over with. Uh, but uh, really, what what does this uh, I mean? What does this do for Jeremy Pruitt? How does this throw him into a uh, into kind of a fit here? Because let's just be honest, everything with me. And again, I'm not a deciding factor in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but to me, the the output, the effort, the the win margin, everything about this Vandy game uh, had big impacts on my future opinions moving forward. It did for me too, and I mean that's been that way all season because the losing streak has continued, especially with the loss to Florida. And then you look at the schedule, and you're like. Andy's coming up that's the game that was circled that we can win or that's going to be the game that's going to decide Jeremy Jeremy's job or Jeremy well, packing up the van and I and I heard somebody say this this maybe yesterday the day before and and I thought that it was on social media so they didn't say this they wrote this but I thought it was a valid statement if we're if we're hinging a coach's future on uh, on the Vandy game his ballot's already been cast that's well, I totally agree with that. But what I was meaning, you know, it's like just whether else. it's going to, it's kind of one of those whether it's going to be now or later. I mean, that's what yeah. we're trying to determine, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think, I think it, I look at it and I'm like, hey, at, and we've talked about it before on the show multiple times how la- before the season and even after the Missouri game, he was thought to be even more extension. We love this guy. And it comes down to the games and it, and it just look at it and there's just so many X factors of why he just is really on the hot seat. And a lot of his decisions were made. I understand some coaches have tough years, but this is his third year, you know, and we've talked about Jerry Garantano. And I thought Harrison Bailey, and I know I didn't get to talk about it because I haven't been on the show since the game, but I really thought he showed out in his first game. And uh, I think it was a good decision to put him in, just not a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm – I just think it wasn't a good decision to take him out at halftime. Uh, just to be honest with you, I, I felt like that needed to be his game wire to wire and uh, and go for that. I'm reading this article, Carson, and it talks about you know Vandy more than likely is going to finish. Uh, you, you know they're going to finish winless this season. If they cancel though, Tennessee would finish the season two and seven. You know, are you know again that's dependent on the uh, on the Texas A and M outcome, but. Um, I don't know that beating Texas M Texas A and M wouldn't make me more mad than it would happy. I'll just be honest with you. I'm that kind of fan. Right. It'd make yeah, me it'd make I, me I, so I think, mad. You think you think if we beat Texas A and M, do you think Jeremy keeps his job though? You're saying you're saying Vandy has canceled Texas A and M we beat Texas A and M. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I yeah. feel I feel like if I'm gonna let you beat Vandy and keep your job, then I'm sure gonna let you beat a top ten team uh, and keep your job. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to that. I I don't see any way he stays as the head coach if we don't win another game. Um, you would look at that and you would think we the last game we won was months ago, and there was teams on that like you know the Vandy cancellation. That's 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 just how how it goes this year. Sometimes they get canceled. So have you heard? But, and, have you heard yeah. the dynamic that they they possibly could with both teams? You know, Vandy, of course, not going to have a uh, have a bowl game option. Tennessee more than likely will will not get a bowl game option. Uh, what do you? Th- I've heard as much as there could be a late December, like almost a bowl game against Vandy. I mean, 
it'd be the two worst SEC teams going at it. So I mean, what do you call that? I, I feel like that I should call be that the, the the scrums, the crumbs of the dumpster pack. fire. Yeah, that's what I call. I wouldn't watch that game. That's embarrassing. The I mean, dumpster bowl. Why would they even make something like that? that's embarrassing? I mean, yeah, I'd rather play that game on like a play, Tuesday. It's gotten down to the point where not only are fans fed up with Tennessee, but the players are, and they're opting out for the season. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying, Carson? I'd play that one on like a Tuesday at noon. Yeah, I'd play that on a on a like a Pac-12 night, like twelve o'clock midnight. <laughs> right, right. And play maybe even play it out there, like put it in a in a venue out there, like put it in that yeah, SoFi have Stadium. Have them travel, you know, have a. Have a hey, we won uh, two games and Vandy's won zero. Let's just have a quick little game, see who's the worst. I about made a really bad joke, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you because I do think it's funny. I'll be like, well, Vandy could they could uh, you know parlay a, a little deal there, and that the team since they're limited on numbers, they could all ride together in Derek Mason's U-Haul. Is that is that too is that too soon? Oh no, yeah, well th- we'd have about two U-Hauls for Jeremy and Mason. Well. It's, I mean, there's a, there's a chance there, but, uh, you, you know, I was talking about that whole dynamic today and, and, you know, I, I don't know why people, I don't think they think I have any kind of opinion or, well, they know I have an opinion. If you, if you've ever, you know, stumbled across this radio station, you know, I have an opinion, but I'll say this, uh, they, they always are interested in, in, in why I think the way I think and, and. And Lord knows if, if you had that much time, you probably better spent doing other things. But uh, it's it's a long and winding road. Uh, but they asked me, like, okay, if Jeremy keeps his job, what changes have to make? Because I think regardless, whether he keeps his job and, or he doesn't, and again, that's that's for people that make a lot have a lot more zeros at the end of their payroll than me. But I think there's changes regardless. If he sticks around, you know, they keep him for another year, I – I don't think there's any less than four posi- new position coaches next year. Can you can you pick where those are? Um, well, first off, I in my opinion, I think they keep the offense coordinator Jim Chain. I think you um, got to keep him. I agree. I, I think you keep him, and I, that the reason is hard to work with a guy that can't throw the football, and that's what he's had to work with the whole year. So. I can't, and, uh, and like we said, we can't really determine on how much Jeremy's calling plays. So I would say keep Jim. I would definitely figure out your defense coordinator here. I, I, I don't know who's running these calls, so I would find a defensive coordinator in all caps. Would you? Would, would find, you? You'd get rid of Ansley. I think you put Ansley. I don't know if Ansley's going to be the guy that is just named defense coordinator. Put him on a. a, a a linebackers coach put him on something you know what I mean I don't know if he needs to take the role of defense coordinator because honestly it's been the defense has been I mean it's been pretty it's been decent they've been out on the floor on the field the whole game no so right I I think honestly Jeremy needs and this will help on on both sides of the football I I don't I think you keep Derek Ansley I think uh, his his uh, continuity with Jeremy is is very very maybe understated but I think Jeremy Pruitt needs to call the defense. I think there's too much hitching to giddy up. I think Jeremy Pruitt's trying to tell Derek Ansley what to do, and then then Derek Ansley's trying to drive the the huddles. Well, then Jeremy's speaking in the huddles, and out of timeouts, they just don't know what they're doing. You ever get a penalty on offense or on defense coming out of a timeout when you took it? That's 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 not a good look. 
So yeah, I think it's not. I, I think mean, Derek Ansley quarterback coach has got to go too. Yeah, I think Derek Ansley goes to DBs and keeps the defensive coordinator title. It's just understood that Jeremy Pruitt's going to call the defense. I mean, Lane Kiffin does it at, at Ole Miss. He's the he's he has an offensive coordinator, but Lane calls the plays. I mean, it, it's it's how that works. Gus Malzahn does it. A lot of people do that. Uh, I think quarterback coach. Uh, there's an there's arguable uh, theft going on uh, with Chris Winkie and what he's doing to the University of Tennessee. Like I feel like there are people. Um, Nah, I'm not going to go there. Uh, there are people that do a lot less work that get uh, get a lot less money than what Chris Winkie's putting out. You know what I'm saying? Like Chris yeah, Winkie I mean, is yeah. not getting it done. Uh, you know, there's there's some things you can mask. And again, I understand JG and and all the the in between the ears problems. But at some rate, between you, Jim Chaney, and the head football coach, y'all have to understand that. Y'all got to understand that there's a limited. You know, that Rolodex in between his ears ain't got a whole lot of pages on it. You, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I, I think that's the whole reason you're there. I know he has a recruiting pitch with the IMG Academies and what have you, but I think Chris Winkie, yes, he won a Heisman Trophy, but he's a long way away from that. I don't think he's developing quarterbacks. I think he's got to go. Yeah, I mean, hey, let's bring in Peyton Manning and see what he can do at quarterback coach. I don't I think. Mean, uh, I mean, with all his advertising dollars, I don't think Peyton wants to take a pay cut. To be honest with you. I know it's. Uh, you look at it, and it, there's a lot of coaches, and there's a lot of things that we don't know who's calling what plays and who's doing this, and it's gotten to the point now where they're trying every card in the book, and yeah, I think if he stays, there's got to have to be changes, but. And a lot of people have been asking me, they go, well, if he does stay, how many wins do you think he's going to have to get? And what I tell them is he's going to have to have himself a heck of a year. That's all I'm going to have to, that's all I have to say. He, he, recruited- I think in my book, uh, a successful, like a regaining of some success is, of course, you have to beat everybody you're supposed to. All your non-conference games, all your, uh, your, your cheap seat games, Vandy, you got to beat Kentucky, which again they're they're uh, they're a little bit more formidable than they've been. You got to beat Vandy, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, and then you've got to hit one of the big three. Like you have to. You have to. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's what kept Butch around a little bit too, is because he beat the people that weren't we weren't supposed to beat, but he lost to the people that we were supposed to beat. So yeah, I think was, Butch Jones had that blind squirrel flop there. I think Butch Jones had that blind squirrel thing going. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where he'll find a nut every now and again. I mean, he yeah. he beat Georgia because Georgia was kind of dumb. And and Juwan yeah. Jennings to uh, Josh Dobbs was kind of electric. Yeah, and Florida, I mean, even though Georgia had, you know, we were ranked higher than Georgia most of that year anyways. So, but you still look at it and you're like, hey, we beat – Georgia, we beat Florida. Um, we almost snagged that Texas a and win. I mean, that, that went into overtime, overtime, overtime. I think seven or eight overtimes, actually. Yeah, and if we but, don't turn it over a million times, we, we win that yeah, football exactly. game. Yeah, well, that, that's like the, that's the story of Butch Jones' life right there. So, Well, I, all I know is, all I know is, is and, and I'll get back to my original point, four coaching new coaches for the 2021 season – to make it seem like we're attacking the problems. I think Will Friend's got to go. I, I think the offensive line, you've got four or five stars and a four-star, 
And we we give first round draft picks. Yeah, and we gave Harrison Baylor like a second and a half. It was like one miss, and and he's getting sna- he's getting snapped. So yeah. uh, I I don't think you know there's been a lot of development there. Uh, again, I know you've got limited practice with COVID. I know you've got Cade Mays getting injected into the offense. But I'm just telling you, just sheer girth and size needs to give a couple seconds early in football games when you're that level of a player. So uh, yeah. I just I just don't think I've seen a lot of great offensive line play. A lot of people would argue that and say, well, we've been able to run the ball very well. You know why? Because Eric Gray's a beast. Because he can get skinny. He can do what he needs to do. But if you look at consistently opening a hole, it's not there. We don't we don't no. block well downfield. We don't extend. We don't pull well. We get a lot of stupid penalties. All of that is cultural based around that offensive line coach. So I think if you look at the offense, I replace those two coaches, leave everybody else alone. T, uh, Jay Graham, uh, Osavet, the tight ends coach, leave those guys alone. Uh, leave Jim Chaney in place and just replace O line and uh, and and really quarterback coach. But I. I argue. I mean, you've got you've got a couple good options out there uh, to to replace those guys with, but we can talk about that at a different day. But then on the defensive side of the football, of course, Jimmy Brumball's already been fired, so it's just a matter of replacing him at the defensive line coach job. Uh, but I also draw to question. You, you, you know, um, they just uh, they they announced the the I guess the promotion there of uh, of oh, what was Shelton Felton. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly uh, if he's a good fit. If he's, if he's making an impact, uh, Niedermeyer is he moved to linebacker? I, I don't know if that's his best fit. Uh, you know, is that where he needs to be? Uh, I think you can gauge that, uh, and then ultimately, I think Jeremy has to have some impact in that defensive backfield. That's his specialty. That's his prowess. So I think you look at that. But I think you replace Jimmy Brumbaugh, and I think you look for some help at the linebacker coaching position. I think Niedermeyer's a good guy, high motor, great recruiter. But you need a guy that says, if you don't go in there and rip their heads off, you you better not come back and talk to me. And I, I just don't think Niedermeyer's that guy. No, he's not. And I think we we need some of that discipline in our, in our football team because right now all these players, I mean, they're doing what they want to do. The defensive backs make me want to throw up. Um, I, it's just the de- the defensive line. I mean, I know we lost it, like we said, we lost Jimmy Brumbaugh, but the defensive line makes me want to yak. There's just a lot of things that make me want to just yak all over the TV. Oh and, man, I'm just glad that's not my TV, right? Man, well, it's probably a lot of TVs, but a lot of TVs. I, I would say, I would say you you think you think we put in Harrison Bailey earlier? Do um, you think we snag a win or two? I mean, I think if ifs and buts were cookies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But but I'll say this. I, I think Harrison Bailey's ceiling's a lot higher, so it's just hard to say how he would have developed. Uh, you know, of course, J.G. got us wins against Missouri and, Van, or Missouri and South Carolina. I question, you know, and, and you may disagree with me here, and it's fine. I question whether, uh, whether Harrison would have been equipped to be able to do that that early. So, uh, again, I, I don't know that I disagree with J.G. starting those two games. You may disagree. Uh, no, I agree. I think, I think it, well, he was projected to be, you know, top first-team SEC player before the season. But I'll, so, I'll say this. The second half of Georgia would have made me, would have made me get him some reps the very next week. 
yeah. whether whether he makes it to the game or not, I think that's that's inconsequential. But uh, by no later, by no later than than the start of the Auburn game. I mean, we're talking like play number one. Like I'd have brought him in at Alabama. I think we've been talking about it for about that long. I would have played Harrison Bailey. Would he have started? Probably not. But he would have been the the short leash for JG in the Alabama game. And then he probably wouldn't have – I wouldn't have kind of pulled it back from there. But, uh, you know, talking with uh, with those who know and those that went to the press conference on Monday, Jeremy Pruitt says he's going to play the same uh, the same schedule he had a week ago. I expect you to see both uh, Harrison Bailey and J.T. Shrout. Yeah, I mean, it, they're done. I mean, it's gotten to the point where now they can't even hear enough of it of taking J.G. out. So, it, yeah, they're having the sub, but – I, I I agree with you. I think it was too early um, for for JG. I think, or I mean, excuse me, for Harrison Bailey in the start of the year. But I think it doesn't matter if we lose or not because we were bound to lose with him with JG at quarterback. I just think we wanted to see a change. So that was the only thing that had gotten me, and that's ultimately what's kind of put a uh, put a hot seat in uh, Jeremy's chair with those losses. But. I, I really hope uh, Harrison Bailey, you know, performs into that quarterback that we want him to. I know he's a young guy, but he's 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 going to get as much reps as we can get him, and that's what he's needed all year. And I think he's just going to progress into a better and better quarterback. So, so, so what happens, Carson, if if Harrison's the player this week, and we do play Vandy, and again, all that's still up in the air. He goes in there and he smokes Vandy. I mean, just like they pull him in the second half because this thing's done got out of hand. Um, and then he comes back next week, plays um, Texas A&M, and there's a, I mean, there's a real scare for the Aggies, and even possibly, I mean, it, you know, if things flip upside down, Fight. Tennessee beats Texas A&M. What's what's your perception of Jeremy Pruitt then? Well, the perception is going to be should have made the decision a lot sooner, um, and then that could cost him his job. But at the same time, it's not going to because he's won those two games. So, honestly, he's hoping Harrison Bailey has a great outing. I mean, even though he's going to get backlash and constant people telling him, you should have done it earlier, we could have beaten these teams, blah, 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 there's a starting spot next year for Harrison Bailey, and he's also gotten really good experience versus a top team in Florida, a Vanderbilt team, and a Texas A&M team, if that's the case. And I think – that's a blessing in the skies if you're a Tennessee fan that he does good uh, versus those two teams and he shows out. Um, that's that's what we hope for, and I mean it's it's going to be a shot in the dark, but it's it's definitely something that can happen. What is it they say? Uh, so you're saying there's a chance? There's a chance that if Harrison Bailey really shows out in the Vanderbilt game, he'll give us a better chance. That's my opinion. I wouldn't say we dominate Vandy with him in the game and we. We're the best team out there, and we're going to come and whoop Texas A&M. I don't even know if we'll even put up twenty-one, but I, I, I hope, I hope if he if he really proves himself in that Vanderbilt game, that he can come out and play versus Texas A&M because there's two different Texas A&Ms. One Texas A&M with Kellen Mond that is an all-star, and the other one with Kellen Mond which doesn't play well at all, and it ends up putting them in a game that's down to five minutes. So. Yeah, he's like a I, – I coined Kellen Mond, and, and again, if you're a Kellen Mond fan, I apologize, kind of. But is Kellen Mond not like JG 2.0? He is just better. I mean, well, that's um, what I'm saying. He's 2.0. They've, they've found the bugs. He has updated software, and yeah. uh, and he's ready to go. Yeah, he's he's about a – I would say he's like a 
you know, if we're rating them overall, he's an 85, JG's like a 60. But you, I, I think they have similar play type. Well, you, you, know? you want to know the big difference? What's the big difference? So the big difference is Kellen Mond in his, his JG 1.0 days had, uh, had Kevin Sumlin and the lack of development. You know what's yes. the difference between Kellen Mond senior laden Kellen Mond? Jimbo. He's got Jimbo. Jimbo's a quarterback whisperer in some ways. So tell me that quarterback position and that development doesn't mean anything. Look at look at Kellen Mond. This is a guy a couple years ago that I was I was not sure by the end of the season he wouldn't be cleaning the helmets before football games. Yeah, I mean he's been. It feels like he's been. They've <laughs> they loved him though. I mean, they, it feels like he's been starting since I've been watching football but well he was yeah, the backup he, that everybody loved he was that guy right. it was like man if we just get that other kid in there it's gonna be just so different and that's as close to a texas accent as i've got but uh <laughs> i think for real uh he got in there and he fell flat on his face a couple times looked like he was lost a few times but ultimately over the course of a couple years jimbo simplified things and, and created a plan i.e something we ain't done yet uh, to get him in positions that he's comfortable in, that he can make good decisions. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that the uh, and, and again, I think Jeremy Pruitt said very clearly, without saying it, the JG era is era is over. Uh, again, they ask, what about JG? How's he going to be part of this this week? And he said, we're going with Harrison and JT moving forward. Yeah, I think if he put, I, I think if he he put JG in at all, I mean at all. I think it it would go ahead and they'd go ahead and have him gone because I mean it's it's the fact everybody's done with it. I mean players are quitting. Uh, our kicker is done. I mean, it, you think that's a JG thing? Do what? You think that's a JG thing? I, I think it's a I think it's an overall team thing. I think it's been a tough year with COVID and stuff, and I think it's definitely you know losing that many games in a row. But I look at the reason why we lost some of those games in a row, and really what circled on my board is JG being in because quarterback. I mean, he's throwing picks. Kentucky game we lost because of him. Uh, you, you look at a lot of other games, he just can't hit his targets. Our defense is on the field the whole time. It's just simple. And I don't know if he left. I don't know if they asked him why you left, and he says Jared Garantano. I don't think that. But I think. Well, see, he didn't leave. He just opted out for the 2020 season. Jeremy Pruitt said he 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 has the opportunity to come back for 21. Yeah. Well, I mean, still he's done. I mean, he's done with the season. I mean, he just gave up. I ain't gonna lie though, Paxton Brooks. I mean, he's a he's a Swiss Army knife. He can throw a. He can throw a pretty good spiral. If that we was ca- a great ball too. That if was we could catch ball. it, I was, I was so mad. Oh, I was too. That was that was a game changer right there. Hey, I'm and, gonna tell you though, and, and again, we've only got about a minute to go here in today's show. Been a a, a soapbox kind of Wednesday, but you know uh, you got to have those every now and again. But Carson, what about them big orange basketballs last night? Oh, it was fun to watch, and. I, and this year, I got a lot of hope riding on these guys. This is a talented basketball team, and we were up. We were up by about twenty, but it, you know we kind of let them come back in the game. But also, it's our first game of the season. But what I what my main takeaway was: we have people on the bench that can play. We have rotating guys, and I think we're going to be a pretty good crew. Well, here's the deal, and my father-in-law put it the best: freshmen gonna play like freshmen every now and again, but they're good. They're the real deal. They are. 
And uh, I thought Vescovi, you know, next the next year in a Rick Barnes point guard role is always kind of a fun one to watch. Looked like Fulkerson needed to to get a, a little bit more practice reps in. He didn't look as clean as he was, you know, late last season in kind of rare form. Uh, but I he think he does get better as he goes. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think he honestly Fulkerson's a gamer. He gets better yeah. the bigger the stakes. And then Pons, I think Pons was the question that I got a lot today, and that was. You know, what about him shooting? And I think those jump shots just, I mean, they weren't working, but uh, I think he's the Dennis Rodman type guy. Hey, he's going to throw him up, and uh, and if you, if you want a battle, he can go to town. But, uh, Carson, thanks for calling. Always fun. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.